It's time to put on your sleuthing cap, feel nail-biting dread, and face heart-racing fear. This is Queer Writers of Crime, where you'll get book recommendations and hear interviews with LGBTQ authors of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. Here's your host, Brad Shreve. Hi, Brad. Hello, Philip. And you must not be too scared doing this. You're back for a third time. I am. This is uh, this is this is my uh, my monthly check in with queer writers of crime uh, with another uh, great book that I've been reading. So, well, you're going to be a, a star soon. <laughs> this has been lots of fun. So I'm really. Uh, it's been lots of fun discovering new books, new authors who are authors who are new to me, and uh, it's just been been great, great experience. So I'm uh, as a librarian, it's uh, expanding my the amount of authors I'm reading, which is always a good thing. Yeah, it, it has really forced me to read a lot more than I used to. Can't even imagine yeah. with one interview a week. That's really crazy. So you know, I used to say I never read. Uh, it's not true. I read half a book mm-hmm. because. I know I can't discuss anything after about the first half. Right. And I don't want to let anything slip. Like, yeah. if somebody either in a movie or a TV show says, oh, and there's this twist at the end. <laughs> well, then I'm at the end, I'm waiting for a twist. You know, I don't want that. I, I don't want to know anything. So that's why I do that. And then once I'm done recording with them, some I will continue, <laughs> some I don't. <laughs> uh, usually I do. Usually I do. We have great guests on here. But uh, you yeah. you sound so relaxed. It's obvious that you enjoy doing this. Yeah, I really do. I thank you for being on here. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. So, What's the book? So this, well, this month I've got something that is, uh, I haven't really delved into this le- recently. So it was so much fun. So I've actually got a police procedural for you. So I don't know about everybody else who's out there listening, but I know that during the, the worst of COVID and even all the way through um, into 2022, I just really turned to amateur cozy mysteries were my go-to because they made me feel good and, and they I could relax because I knew it was always going to be a happy ending. And even if there was stress during the book, it felt cool and good. So when I discovered this book and realized it was a police procedural, I was like, oh, I love police procedurals. <laughs> like I haven't read one in a while. So um, so that's where we're at today. So the title of the book is called Legacy in the Blood. And it's a Chiara Corelli mystery. It's actually book number four in the series. And the author's name is Catherine Mayorisi. Um, and it was published in February of this year, which is 2022. So um, I'm really thrilled to come back to the police procedural drama. Um, I do watch a lot of British police procedural on TV. So it's just a great, um, great genre for me. And it was a lot of fun, too, because I live in Connecticut. And so the... Uh, the, the whole book takes place in New York City. Um, I lived in New York City for 10 years and I'm outside. I live outside of the city now. So so it was really, really, really a lot of fun to, to catch up with that. You watch a lot of British shows, don't you? I do. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, the grandmother of all is Prime Suspect with Helen Mirren. I mean, that to me is like if somebody can can do a show that stands up that gets close to that, then I'm, I'm in for it. But I watch a lot of them that are just okay too, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, it's just a, it's just a good, just a good genre for me. So this was fun. This was really great. I, I was sucked into this the moment I started reading it. And I will tell you, Brad, the other thing I have to say is that 
you may have noticed that I said Legacy in the Blood is the fourth Chiara Corelli mystery. So I'm happy to say that it's what I am now calling It Passes the Shreve Series Test. <laughs> and for, for, your, for your listeners, if they've been listening long enough to you and Justine, they should know what that means. So you know what that means, right? Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a book series, and it's, I'm reading number four for the first time. I've never re- read one, two, and three, so... It has to stand alone. Exactly. Exactly. There is a series of 30 books, and I just reach in. I'll, I'll read them in series, but not always, actually. Right. Right. If I can reach up and grab one of the books and well, this one feel like it's the first and only book they've written, Yep, I love the author. And this one, you know, the, the interesting thing with this is that, you know, I was reading this book for the show. I've never read this author before, um, Catherine Maorisi, and I was excited to read it. But I also thought, oh, going into this, is it going to stand up? And it really does. You know, there is some backstory between the characters, but it's explained really naturally. I even have a quote here from the book. Um, this, this is, I think, sort of explains it. So this is one of the quotes that sort of gives a little bit of back history. It says, she shivered, remembering that less than six months ago, she was lying near death just minutes from here. And only the quick thinking of Parker, her partner, kept her from bleeding out. So I think that's all we needed to know about that. Like, obviously, that happened in a, in a previous book, but it doesn't it, it doesn't really make a difference other than this was a moment where she was thinking about something. So um, so I'm really pleased with that. I think it really uh, the series, uh, the, this book really stands up. The other thing I loved about it is it's a really proud lesbian novel, um, which I was thrilled with. There's so many great lesbian characters in the book. And they're also, they're really strong. They're really professional. The, the majority of them are way past the coming out phase. So they're really focused on their careers. They're focused on adult relationships. They're focused on their real estate, just like everybody else that's in their 30s and 40s and 50s. So, you know, it was really, really refreshing. There's a minor character that's still struggling with the closet, but she's really only on a couple pages. And it's actually... It's an immigrant uh, first generation situation, so I think that it's a, it was a logical fit to put in there that uh, Mayor Reese put in. So I was happy to see that. So the main character obviously is New York Police Detective Chiara Corelli. She's there in the title of the book. However, Detective P.J. Parker is her partner, and in this book, Corelli actually makes Parker the lead investigator. So we get to learn more about Parker's life and actually watch her grow as a leader. But before we get into all of that, I just wanted to read the very first sentence of the book, because this is one of those books that I think the first sentence really grabs you, and what a great thing that is. So this is the first sentence from the book. In the pre-dawn dark of Rockefeller Park, NYPD detective Chiara Corelli walked briskly towards death. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? <laughs> that, that, yeah, that has me. I know. I'm like, I, I read that and I thought, wow, is the murder going to happen in sentence three? <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So so the book starts out with, and I'm not giving away anything at all because this all happens. So the whole thing starts out in the, really the first half of the first chapter. So there's a there's one death 
which quickly turns into two deaths and then actually turns into three deaths. So, uh, so it, the, the bodies pile up pretty fast and the list of the suspects really grows and grows. And again, like I said, this happens right away. So I'm not really giving away any, any spoilers or anything. And really most of the book, the detectives are actually doing two things. They're obviously searching for clues because it's a police procedural, but they're also trying to figure out, are these murders related? So it's, it's really a, a great sort of, um, intellectual back and forth with a lot of the detectives and the people that are working on the squad with them. So the three people that are murdered, the first one is Magnolia Walker. She's a librarian, which kind of freaked me out a little bit that the librarian <laughs> gets gets murdered. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little too close to home for me. <laughs> so she's a librarian. She's also a genealogy enthusiast. And she discovers a connection between her family when she's doing genealogy research and a very prominent white family. She's African-American. There's a very prominent white family. And she decides to contact the matriarch of the family, who's very well known in the in in the public eye. Her name is Philippa Harrington Davenport, which definitely is not my drag name, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, and then she also contacts a newspaper reporter, and then she mysteriously gets murdered by strangulation. So the newspaper reporter is this guy named Richard Hawley. He's 38 years old. He goes by another name, like a pseudonym, Edward Ned Rich. And he is also found very quickly, like, you know, like a page later, brutally beaten and strangled to death. So Rich was an investigative reporter for the Daily Post, but he was also a blackmailer. So suddenly it's not just the innocent victims. You're immediately wondering very early on, like, is this guy a good guy? Because he was investigating injustices in the world or is this guy a bad guy because he was blackmailing people and then finally the matriarch that i was talking about earlier her son harrington davenport is a white nationalist with a really big following um, he's positioning himself to become the next senator and he ends up being the third death so again i don't i really am not giving away any anything at all it happens boom 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 and then literally the book is just really about the police procedural and figuring out do these three people have anything in common? You know, it's really, it's a great book. It's got a lot of details that murder mystery lovers are going to love, especially with a police procedural. The other thing I loved about it was that the author really took a lot of breaths um, during the course of the book. So, you know, there it would be intense, intense, intense. And then there'd be a situation where PJ Parker, who's the lead detective, would notice that some woman was interested in her and she's single right now. So, you know, there's this whole sort of back and forth between her and her place in sort of the world. So she's obviously a lesbian police detective. She's also black. And Maya Risi doesn't shy away from discussing her issues about dating and race. She's, uh, she's dated a bunch of white girls in the past. And so that's talked about and her feelings come out. She's also got a really interesting sort of um, background because she is Harvard educated. She's a law graduate. She has a law degree. She was a former assistant DA, and now she's working her way up in the police force as a homicide detective. So her sexuality, refreshingly, there's it's not ever an issue. She's It's just a part of who she is, which really allows the author to really sort of have a laser focus on her career. So when I said that earlier, I meant that they solve the crimes, obviously, but all of them are sort of talking about, like, if you do this, this is going to position you for here. If this person who's working for us, if we can get her over here. So it's really interesting to see how everyone's kind of looking out for each other and they're trying to do things that will put everybody in their best life so they can, you know, continue on with their careers and and move up in the world. 
And then finally, I'll say to you, Brad, that one of the really interesting things, and I have no idea why I noticed this, or I can't even tell you if if this is a, a thing in other books, but everyone in this book eats. They eat lunch, they eat dinner, they eat breakfast. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, does this happen in other books? Because, and it's not obnoxious at all. It's really like refreshing. So there's food trucks outside of the precinct and they go out and you know which food trucks people like by like the second chapter and they pick up coffee for each other and they have local restaurants where they are all, um, a bunch of them are all regulars at the local restaurants. And then also there are significant others and their parents make dinners for each other. So it's just was, it was really fun. I mean, it was like that whole aspect of it. I really enjoyed a lot. And so I would say, you know, overall, Legacy in the Blood really delves into really one of the most ugly topics in our current events, which is white supremacy. So I'm really glad I dove into this as the fourth book because it, it's really, really topical. And I just think that, you know, it's a, it's a very much a book for our time and it's really compelling. It's a compelling mystery and a, and a great police procedural. She, Mary C. really does a great job with that. And she gives us, she sort of assembles this crackpot team of experts, a lot of them being lesbians, which is great. There's like, I think three, well, the, obviously the two main characters are lesbian. And then there's like about five or six secondary characters as well. It's really fun. And so the story's great. The ending is great. And like I said, it's really topical. So um, yeah, I would totally recommend this. It was really fun. There's a whole lot of things that you said that jumped at me. First of all, the yeah. food. <laughs> <laughs> this is a police procedural. Food is usually a very big part of a cozy mystery. Right, right. And usually in police procedurals, they're so frantically, like sort of spasmodically gra grabbing all these clues that people skip meals all the time. But no, they're eating. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mia P. Manansala wrote Arsenic and Adobo, which got a lot of recognition as a very good book. But there is a lot of eating in the book. And it's not uncommon at the end for the author to put a recipe mm. at the end of the novel. So yeah. I, I did find it interesting that you said that food was such a large part. Usually it's at a diner, scarf it down, and let's right. get going and get this right. thing yeah. solved. I like a high body count. I think you know that. I know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually really enjoy fiction on serial killers. Mm -hmm. There's been several that I really, really liked. But I actually consider that different. Than a murder mystery. Right, it it's is. It's more of a psychological study. I, I, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, so the, I enjoy both, but yeah. I don't And this one keeps you guessing, too, because you really don't know whether you're traveling with the detectives trying, and they're trying to figure out, are these three murders connected? Are they not connected? Do they just happen to, like, or are they connected, but is it three different people doing three different murders, you know? So it's, it's really good. Just touched on uh, the other thing I was going to say I found very intriguing is based on these characters and their personalities, it almost sounds like three different investigations, mm -hmm. which you know eventually will tie up together. Right, yeah. It, uh, am I right? Is that... Yeah, and, and they pull in a lot of the secondary characters get pulled in. Like, there's a moment where they have, like, three different interviews that they're doing simultaneously, so they divvy up the interviews and... It's really interesting. They sort of tell you the reasons why they're divvying up and why, like, this person needs some experience, so we're going to pull her in with a more experienced detective. And it's just, she really keeps you sort of um, engaged really well with, with, with the character development as well as with the story. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really did. I'm going to go back and read the first three. I totally, I just added them to my Goodreads list. So, so I think it's a really fun series and it really captures like the essence of that police procedural, which I know a lot of us love out there. I'm curious if you are experiencing one of these stressors that Justine dealt with Mm. back when she was doing a show every week. And that was because we do book recommendations only rather than reviews. Right. She was tossing books aside and frantically, like she would say, I don't think we're going to be able to record anything. I, I don't, I can't find anything. And almost always she found one before we could re- right. record. Right. I like it now that everybody gets a book a month. Yeah. So if you find one that you're not too thrilled with, that you have plenty of time and don't have to be frantic and find one that you like. Can I tell you a secret? Uh-huh. This is now the third time I'm on the show. All three of these books, I just pick them up and I love them. <laughs> so I'm now jinxing myself. Next month, I will probably have to go through five or six books. But but these uh, these three that the the first three that I did for this year were all great. That was me knocking on wood for Philip. <laughs> but I know which I know I know exactly. I remember hearing Justine say that earlier. You know, when back before you took the hiatus and. And I thought to myself that I would be panicked because I can't, I'm not somebody who, my mom was like, my mom raised four kids and she was busy her whole life. And when she finally retired and after my dad died, she became this voracious reader and she would read anything and everything. And she would read them all the way till the end. And I was like, and I'd say like, what are you reading? And she's like, oh, it's not that great. And I'm like, then put it down because you've got five other books over there. And she's like, no, 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 I'll finish it. And I can't do that. So, you know, so I'm sure at some point I'm going to get stuck, but I'm lucky because as a librarian, I get access to advanced copies. So I'm trying to think if all three of those were advanced copies. I'm pretty sure they were. So I try to do that. I try to go into my little stash website that I belong to and see if I can find things that are coming out in the next couple months. And then I really do just pay attention to the description of the book. And I try to match it to my personality because there are things that I'm not really interested in as, as you know, we're all that way as readers. The interesting thing about this one is that the reins of the investigation are handed over to the second in charge. So throughout the whole book, PJ's constantly checking in to make sure she's doing the right thing, and which is a good thing. That's what somebody should be doing on their first investigation. You know, they should be making sure that they're not, that they're sort of not making any mistakes or at least checking before they possibly might make a mistake. Well, thank you again. And I guess we'll see you next month. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.